Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the DM. So come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-round good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is Eldrum, a male Asmar warlock with his pixie-familiar Sill. The affable Mick, who plays Calidus Magnus Lunior, a male elf-marked wizard. Saber, the binary gear-forged paladin, whose maker had a sense of humor when placing his soul gem. And the charming Oraki, hailing from the Kuru tribe of Dabu, a female Knoll cleric following a vision. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We're using the D&D 5e rule set and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, welcome to the show. In this episode, Saber wakens the Grey Company. There is bloody murder within their tent. Silhouette Starfire educates Elbrum. Seely Fay can come from the spring, summer, autumn, or winter courts. Onka had survived the Imiut Ushabti without a scrape, but now she looks haggard and battered. The not-thief Onka and Richard of the Dogs of Bastet are sent to guide the Grey Company back to the Growling Sanctuary. There is treasure to be claimed. Elbrum receives an interesting gift with a hidden surprise. But first... A pit stop at the Trident and Throne Tavern, owned by the tiefling Gamori, Onka's old friend. The wizard Calidus braves the river of sand and finds more hidden chambers. Surely there must be a good reason in sending your wizard first into the unknown. I, I certainly would like to know that reason. A fiendish plan is hatched. A body laden with calling cats is sent where? Does the Grey Company have enough charisma to sway a person to turn on their leader? How can a plan see fruition under the gaze of an invisible watcher? Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Once again, Crimson Nib is back with Mick. We're talking about what we did in our latest session, which was just a couple of days ago. This is now the next session after the visit to the Vampires in the Pallet Court. This was starting up with what's the next step, what was going to happen. In this session, it, basically, it's, it, uh, it started with, I had this thought where I would introduce a little bit of someone's backstory plot, a little plot element. And I, I've actually uh, did something uh, similar here for, for the next session. I don't know if you've actually caught it something I shared specifically with Calidus in Discord recently. Did you did you see that one? Uh, no. Oh, was it after last, the last... Yeah, it was, it was uh, probably not long after our session that I sent that one out. Okay. But... More delay while we all run into our phones yeah, no, to find out what gotta, it was. The start off last... Just before <laughs> the last session, How I'd sent you. I'd sent a little bit of an Elbrum backstory, but I sent it to Saber 
instead because I, I really wanted Saber to, to react to it in order to get Elbrum's character to have a larger reaction. And so this is the same thing I've done. I just sent you not long ago something in Discord that was specifically for Calidus to tie in. And, and I've got this big idea now, this big art. But anyways, the main point of it is that started out with this session with this backstory element for it. And what it was, was Saber was, he'd fully healed. He didn't go to the pallet court. He didn't actually get an invitation from the vampires to go. Clearly, because he's a robot. He hasn't got blood to give. They don't really care about having sending out invites to the Gear Forge. So he spent the day in maintenance mode, fixing himself, healing himself. And so when you guys got back and shared stories, he was there to go on watch for most of the night. And I, I made it so that I gave him the slightest bit of a hint into his own backstory. But Silhouette was trying to tease him throughout the night. And Silhouette is the pixie familiar for Elbrum. And at some, at one point, you know, he, he shoes her away and it gets quiet and he's happily, you know, in his maintenance mode and he's going through his memory banks when all of a sudden he hears this scream and silhouette. My, my intention was to make you think that some, something had happened to silhouette, but instead what, what it was, was there's silhouette and she's standing over the body of another pixie. And so that's where I wanted it to start up and I wanted to see what Elbrum did and, and stuff like that. So it was pretty good. So it let me role play a bit of uh, silhouette and, and trying to answer Elbrum's questions. The trick was I talked to quite a few people about the Fae and what is the Fae. And at the end of the day, everybody's saying you can't put, you cannot personify the Fae, the motivations of a human, because the humanoid species, you've got elves, you've got dwarves, you've got the Tabaxians, the half-orcs. They're all humanoid species and you can personify them, but the Fae cannot be personified. Their motivations will never be humanoid motivations. So I was like, well, how do you make sure and answer questions from Elbrum and still be answer them, but really not answer them is really what I was thinking. And I think I did a not bad job there. I think he was confused. Conversation with, between Silhouette and Elbrum. Elbrum was just like, what in the hell's going on? Like, why are you doing in? a this other pixie what's going on here and to me the, the, the most important point of this whole thing was to introduce that she was not summer fairy she yeah. was not winter fairy and those are like common knowledge in the DD world you've got the the Seely court you've got the summer court and the winter court and there's some talk about you know maybe there's a spring court and maybe there's an autumn court and it's very little can be found about that but i wanted to introduce something here with who is Elbrum's patron. And so that was tying into his backstory. I think we went a little bit, progressed a little bit. Calidus woke up. He's seen a bit of this. What was Calidus thinking when, when this was going on? Nothing to him whatsoever. Didn't, didn't matter to him at all? Didn't matter. Didn't care. Stupid pixie. I'm going back to bed. Yeah. And that's the other thing too with the pixie. I've got a random table for the pixie and just pranks that she would do. And I hadn't had much opportunity to do that. And I was like, I got to put some of this stuff in to make it so that you guys are very aware. There's this little prankster amongst you guys who likes to do silly jokes. So working that in as, as elements within the storytelling, it's, it's, it's kind of tough because you are constantly, something is going on and is really not a lot of downtime and stuff like that. But I really enjoyed this last session because the role playing that was going on was really, really good. There was a lot of times where I just, 
was quiet and Elbrum and Saber and Oraki and Calidus were just going off for quite a bit where I could just be quiet and listen to what they were chatting about. So I thought that was actually really, really good. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. In fact, one of the things where the role playing came in was after the silhouette thing, everybody returned to bed. Elbrum stayed up. Morning came along. Elbrum was like, we need to come up with a name for ourselves. So you guys mm -hmm. had a little bit of role play about creating a, a name and you guys ended up coming up with the great company. Yeah. I don't know that that's a good name. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is there wasn't really many options on the table and I, I got the feeling that at that moment, I, I don't know it, whether or not everybody was present in the moment to come up with new ideas and just their. I've their always, work. I've always found that coming up with names for organizations incredibly difficult to do. Yeah. And if they come on their own, they always turn out to be a raging success rather than having to force it. Having to force it. Yeah. So the, the whole idea that the, the vampires think we should have a name, so therefore we get a name, you sort of go, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I've been trying to push it a little bit from the different different NPCs that you encounter. So instead of us saying, well, they're just going to talk to Calidus or they're just going to talk to Elbrum. I, I want them to be able to talk to the group and say, yeah, I, I was seeing when, when Hakan's house was being invaded, I was seeing that if that had been the house that we would, we would take over, then I see the house as being the thing that will give us the name. So, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I see where you're coming Because from. It, it then delivers a location. And you can put a signboard out the front, that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I thought it would come from there. And at which point, so, I mean, you knew and, that. And again, it would be, it, it would be something, it could be a design thing. It could be something that we've achieved, you know, to scale your tomb makers or something. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, 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 when you guys found Hakan's house on his door was the painting of the camel. And eventually See, and you learned he, he was a camel dealer. So. And, and that would have been a great, you'd look at that door and it'd be a camel dealer and then you'd be you know, a crack camel company or something like that. Yeah. You would, would come up with something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, but, I mean, you know, and who knows what the house is going to look like. If the house has got an eagle sitting on the top of it, that might give us a name or a... But anyway, we're the great company for the time being. For the time being until something better until shows something up. Until something better comes up. Because to be honest, you, you sit there and you, you, you look at things like Critical Role and they have Vox Makina. And I, I don't know where that name came from, but it's it's not a bad name. You know, it, it, it's got bite to it, right? Whereas Grey Company, I was sitting there like, well, all right. First thing that goes to mind is, yeah, this is like American Civil War. Okay. With a yeah. Guy. You know, you got to wonder too, because Elbrum, where did that, that was it Elbrum that came up with that name or, or the, the player that did Elbrum who came up with that name? And you think perhaps... When you think about that, maybe. But anyways, uh, so not long, Elbrum is out there, and then Calidus goes outside and is, is having a smoke. Well, not really having smoke, but all of a sudden, Calidus notices two familiar faces on their way, the two were crocodiles that they'd visited previously. They are back. That's right. So Onka, who was assisting you previously in the Growling Sanctuary, and then when you guys left, she kind of just disappeared as you guys returned back to your, your home in the refugee camp. And now she's back again. She's with Richard and it's the next morning. So 
the previous day was, you know, full of events. In the, in the morning, you guys were at the Growling Sanctuary. You got your, your asses were handed to you. Got hurt quite a bit. Oraki was close to dying and being poisoned. So you guys left the Growling Sanctuary quite quickly. And then you had to get home in order to prepare to go to, to the pallet court because you didn't want to miss the ball. So the question is, well, where did Onka go? What went on between the time that she left you guys and the next morning? You just don't know. And, and I, I like that when we were discussing last week, that was one of the many questions that you were asking, well, what the heck is she going to do? What's going to be the consequences? Yeah. It was, she's come back empty handed. That's not going to go well. Well, she didn't come back empty handed. She came back and she put something on the table for you guys. No, no, but she came back to Abdul. Oh, yes. Yeah. She came back to Abdul empty handed. Yeah. And what was that? So I was a bit surprised that she would show up at the front door. That kind of stunned me. That sort of, again, it, that takes the control. It took away our control over, over what was going on. We, we frequently lose control of the plot, which, yes. is, which, well, is, which is kind of annoying because it's like you can come up with a plan and you can hypothesize and then you can test it and see how it goes. And the, the theory about this, she's gone back to Abdul. He's not going to be happy. And the next minute, here's Onka with a few cuts and abrasions that didn't come from going down in the growling sanctuary and you think right. like, okay, so it didn't go well. Are we going to find out about it? No, she's got Richard standing next to her. Yep. Um, and she's come back and said, you're going back, boys. Oh, yep. yeah, and you sort of go, oh, crap. Yeah, that's, yep. And that's I, I thought it was, I thought I was really happy with how I did that because I was sitting there thinking, because you said that and I'd been thinking about that after you said that last week. Like, what is going to happen? So she left. There's going to be consequences. Yep. So what are the consequences? And so I, I, I have, I know now what the consequences are. So... What I really liked, though, and this is what I was, I was talking about the role-playing wise, is because I was really curious, what are you guys going to do when she comes up and you see that she's battered? And Richard's there. And what's going to be happening? So I really liked And Oraki did a fantastic job. And she rolled really, really well with some of like her insight checks that she caught on some body language and signals yeah. that said that. And then Kalidus said later on, as soon as you guys were back in the tomb, Kalidus is like, I think we can turn her. And I was just like, and we you had, guys are on fire tonight. And we had to split her away. Like, we had to split yeah. the two of them. So, yeah. And later on, them. you did a good job again. Then, you, you came back up. You brought one of the clockwork mummies that you'd, you'd managed to defeat in the previous session. Kaladis brought her back up with, with Saber and gave them that. And then she sent Richard off. And at this point, Kaladis was trying to talk to her. And she's just like, Nothing. Like talking kind of giving you the wall. signal, imp, imp, remember, <laughs> we're still not alone. Circling above us. So, and, yes. and again, I, and I tried to be very subtle about that. And so when you went back and you said, she can't talk, the imp is there. I was just like, oh, this is awesome. You guys are catching all the clues. And yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've read. But we still don't have control. No, you still don't have we, control. Yeah, we, we still don't have control over our destiny. And we are still... Again, but at the end of the day, you, the you, you guys are at the end of the day, Elbrom, which is really, really funny. I, I never thought Elbrom would try to flirt with Karima, Princess Karima. So he Elbrom flirts with everyone. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. And I remember when you met when at the yeah. Palace Court, he came up and he tried he flirting. There. Yep. So uh, that's true. That is true. But, but again, at the, in, in terms of a character play. 
like he's he's got this pattern. If it's female, he'll have a crack at it. Yeah. He'll, he'll throw a few lines at it. And, and again, oh, I have to wonder oh, if that, I mean, there you, is... You do have to wonder, okay, so now we're going to have the ugly hag. Let's see see how he goes with the ugly hag and see what happens when he encounters one of them. Is, it that, is, is it that he only likes a particular type of female to flirt with or does he not care? And, and I, I sit there secretly thinking, is player bleeding into character here? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so the, the, the interesting thing was is he's got this thing for Karima. So from a character point of view, he wants to help Karima find this idol. So I like that because it does keep you guys focused for one. And it, it makes, of course, it makes the, the DM's job a little bit easier because then you can just keep keep the story going. But yes, yeah, I, 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 I do admit I intention, and maybe that's a little bit of railroading of me. Wonka comes back and yes, you're going back into the sanctuary, whether you like it or not. But, yes. But at, this, at the end of the day, if you guys didn't go back into the sanctuary to find the, the, idol, the idol, what does Calidus want to do? Does he want to go and find his box, I bet? Um, Calidus would have to read all his notes to figure out all of the other untapped collection of all of the other leads and other possibilities. For example, the the floating temple, which was touched on for three seconds about five or six months ago, clearly a place to go and have a look at. The the list of of things that we could go and look at would be could go on for for hours. And I'll tell you something now. I know it's inside your box. Yeah, I'm for sure you time, do. Yeah, you you know, you're the scorpion stiletto. You wanted the scorpion stiletto, the scorpion stiletto. So now the captain, he's got a name. Because I looked through a, your notes and I was just like, a, you never gave the captain a name. So no, now know. he's got a name. There's reasons why I, when I write stuff and, and do stuff, it's, to, yes. it's so that you can sort of, it gives you room for it. Which is why, of course, the box was never opened. Because that, that was a... You know, there would be a point at which either you would open it or Calidus would open it yeah. or something would happen with the box. Yeah. I didn't think, I never thought it would get stolen. Yeah. I thought that there would be, and I, I was fairly certain Calidus would never open the box. I mean, maybe after a year of doing this, Calidus might yeah. have opened the box. Yeah. But fairly certain that the box was one of those things. It was, that could always be used later on. Yeah. Well, this was, this was like, I, I, I've been trying to, to, Take a step back a little bit from the West Marches stuff because that's all consuming and really focusing again on what you guys are doing. And so I'm thinking that each week, if I give one of you guys a little tidbit, either from an NPC point of view that you met or related to your backstory, it, it invests you, you guys a little bit further. So this week was Calidus's turn. And so that's where I, I created. And do you know where the, the name Deuteronomy comes from? When I saw the name, like, 20 minutes ago, I'm going, Deuteronomy, that's a god or something to do with money or something to do with heavy water. And all of those things <laughs> are going like, it's in there somewhere. It'll come to me eventually. No, it's a book out of the Bible. It's right. Yes. It's a book out of the Bible. I knew it would come to me eventually. There you go. And so I, I was sitting there. Please tell me I don't have to read. I've got to go. No. Read the, no, no, no. Deuteronomy no. to find it. I, I was sitting there thinking of what would be a, a good name to kind of throw throw Mick for a loop in terms of what the captain's name yeah. was. And it just came to me as like, oh, that's, I, I, I can't remember who or where I heard Deuteronomy recently. And I was just like, God, that's from the Bible. So I was like, all right, let's throw that in there and see if he catches it. No, no, that's okay. Because now that you've given me the name, then I will actually go and read that particular <laughs> chunk <laughs> of Bible. Because <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling that 
Deuteronomy, there was some stuff. There's some good stuff in Deuteronomy, if my memory is correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll throw that back at you again. Yeah, throw it <laughs> back in as calories. Yeah, like I've had. Uh, and there'll be a there'll be a, a light bulb moment yeah. next Thursday where I go, oh, what if the captain came and took it back? And I go, his name was Deuteronomy, and then that'll that'll be a segue into a a Bible segment where we will actually translate the Bible from what it is back into the era that we're yeah. in. And, yeah. Well, again, Change the names just to it's confuse a, the afflicted. And this is what I like. Yeah. Throwing in some of that stuff to motivate you a little bit in what's going on currently. And then... Yeah, come we, there's just, I now have a captain. I've lost my box with a dagger in it. And Daryl's gone missing. Yep. And, and all of that stuff there. On top of that... Hmm. You want me to go and find an idol? I'm buried underneath the river of sand. Everybody's getting poisoned. And isn't that enough for yeah, you? Yep. And and Oraki is explaining her vision about the big dire camel called the Restless yeah. Prophet. What does that have to mean? Saber is starting to to remember things. One of the one, it's interesting, isn't it? That one of the the complaints by the previous players of this particular game was it was too complex and there was too much going on. Mm. And, well, and, they, and, and when we look at this game, this is like, I've just reeled off half a dozen things that happened last week that all haven't been resolved, don't have answers to. If you were confronted with those, with the half a dozen things in, you know, on Thursday and you had to solve them by Friday. Yeah. Yeah, most people go, oh, God, half a dozen things to solve by Friday. None of them are related. That's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. The, the previous group struggled to deal with two. Yeah. Well, and, and here, the thing is, too, is, I mean, we had a couple of elves. I think it's clear. Well, they they left. Not the elves, I was thinking like, No, I, I know. Uh, the other group, clearly, and there was a big brouhaha about it that we talked about previously. But at the end of the day, even the elves that were there, I think it was quite clear that ultimately they just wanted to fight, 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 fight. Yeah. And although they were doing pretty good with the role playing, I think they just wanted to fight. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. But even when you talk to Elbrum or, or Oraki is very, very keen. Oraki sends me little messages in Discord all the time. Extremely excited. Saber is a blank wall. He's another DM. You hope that he's involved, but I, I do like because when he role plays, he does a damn good job. You know, just a little. He was a DM. Oh yeah, he's a DM. I, I think he is a DM he, for Elbrum. He, he could actually. I mean, and this might ex this. You get those little tidbits and it sort of starts to explain away things. And, and part of it could be is that he's ha he, this to him is the not having to do the fight, fight, fight. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But the only person who takes notes that I think is is you, and and that's the thing is that again the complexities everybody might get lost, and that's why I keep throwing not, their I'm bad not, stories. No, I, 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 I actually think I think that that's just a that's a convenience for them. Yeah, the, they don't take the notes because they know that I do. Mm. And if if you when I read the notes at the start of a game. Yeah. Right? Elrum and Araki always. Well, add their two bits. Uh, yeah. They, it, it's almost like 
here's the prompt, and then they will fill in the yeah. And then when we first started doing this, yeah. when the first on the first run through, the first time they were there when I read the notes, I deliberately stopped and left out bits. Yeah, I just stopped to make them or left something out. Yeah, and they just came straight in with the answers. Yeah. So I I, I don't think that it's that they that they don't know. It's the refresher comes along. They don't take the notes. They don't necessarily refer back to them. But given the smallest amount of information, yeah. they can fill in a vast amount yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the point is is ultimately for me, I, I want them to. And it's interesting, like I, I wonder about Sabre's engagement because he's very, very quiet. And when I heard that he's a DM and he's not coming in and being involved when you guys are having these things, it makes me wonder... Uh, is he introverted? Is he doing something else at the same time? Is the engagement there? I don't know, but he does a really good job when he does role play. So don't know what to say about that, but I, that to me is important to be able to hear the players regurgitate back. And I, I like that you're doing that to make sure because you couldn't do that with the other guys. In the other group, you had to regurgitate. And they, couldn't, they, they couldn't, couldn't remember a thing. Yeah. And I it bothered me so much. You know, I'd be talking like, Jenny would be doing this. It's so related. And it was like, oh, is that Lady Alashra or is that the High Priestess Nefrini? Oh, I can't remember. And it's just like, you idiots, that's so important to the plot that you guys are involved in. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm pretty convinced that Saber's paying attention. One of the, the giveaways to me is how much effort do they do. Araki throws in the voice. Yeah, she does a good job, doesn't she? Elbrum sustains this continual fantasy with... Karima. Yep. And Saber, every time he does something, if you give him the slightest provocation, yep. he will do there will be humor. Yeah. It will be true. funny. That's true. There will be what will we attach the rope to? Oh, Saber opens his bum flap. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's you don't get that if you don't have buy-in. Yeah. And I mean he does do that too. You 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 are right. He does when he does, he will add humor. And he does it, 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 it seems like just the right time too. Yeah. It's not like in the middle of a fight, he does it. He will do it, you know, when you guys are role-playing, he'll add, and, and it's about the nervousness or, or, or something related to his character, which is, I mean, it's, it's true. So you, you're right. I think it, it seems to be that what he does, he's a good boy, and what he's doing is he's doing the, um, I'm different, I'm unusual, yeah. I'm mechanical. Yeah. So and he's what, got you a think, bunch what of you think is too. normal, yeah. I am... You know, your normality to me is completely strange. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you do something normal and he'll look at you confused and yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you guys returned in, you brought it up, tried to get Onka to, and you got a little bit more and Kalanis has gotten, and he, he role played that up with the other guys, your feelings there. And then they sent you into the sand and Kalanis goes diving into the sand, enters this one room, pops his head up in the one room. And I, I was careful. I wanted to make sure I didn't, I tried not to lead you in anything. So I described as you got up to the, to, to the other fetter at the other end of the cable. And then I was just like, what are you going to do? And I asked that quite a bit because I was trying to make sure that I didn't give you any extra information that you could use to your advantage. I wanted to see what did you do? And so I, I was really impressed. I popped my head up. Something happens. All right. I'm heading back. And I was just like, that was really, really good. Because I, I didn't have to say, you're standing here. I, I, I 
I painted a picture and then you, you kept the picture going. And I, I really liked that. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I, and I think that that's, I mean, I don't know. I did that because that's how you would do it. You would stick your head around the corner, have a quick look, and then you would duck out again. And you would remember what you saw. And if something happened, if someone blew your head off, you'd know, well, okay, that's not a good place to be. Because you know. But you if... wouldn't walk into, you wouldn't just sort of stand up and go, oh, look, I'm here now. No one in their Jenny right would. mind would. Yeah, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny would, yes. But no one in their right mind would sort of leap into a room and go, yeah, it's okay. Where's the magic item? Where's the magic item? Yeah, i got to get the magic item. Show me I'll the be shot. able to take on whatever's inside this room. Show yeah. me the shiny object. Yeah. So this was, yeah, that's fine. And and again, this was, and that, and that actually worked well because it was clear that it was just a glimpse of the room, room take a snapshot of it. What did you see? Are there any issues? And then report back. And you and saw carnage, you room. got poisoned, yep. you came back, you got healed, you did a couple of good rolls, and so, yeah. And then we did the same in the second room. Exactly yep. the same logic in the second yep. room. What did we see? Did we get gassed? It all looks okay. Which room do you pick? So um, you took the you guys took the room, room that was the safe one. Yeah. So you and say uh, no, it wasn't you. It was Saber no, it was and Elrum that went Elrum in. That went in. Yeah. And then of course at that point, Saberum he took a walk into the room and it released all these yellow mold spores into the air. And Elrum rolled really well and avoided getting it. And Saber didn't matter to him as a gear forged. It he care. wasn't going to get poisoned from this stuff. And, and indeed, there was actually a couple of things in there that that uh, you didn't catch. Actually, when you went in there, you didn't touch any of the, the spores because, again, you just looked. you seen the, the yeah. statues everywhere. You reported back, and they went in, and they released the spores. What was it? Did Saber go by himself at that point, or did Elbrum come with him right away? I can't remember. They both got to the edge of the doorway. And then, and then Saber, Saber walked in. in. Yeah, and, that's, and then it started releasing it. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, but they did well, and then so, the cats came. And, again, it was the, you know... Go see if you can find a trap. One step, bang, spores everywhere. Yeah. And then the cat's gone. Yeah. 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 Because there was, there, the, in that particular room, there was, unless you were extremely dexterous, you were going to be releasing spores. And I tried to paint a picture too, because of, of saying the word dexterity a few times to make you guys realize that it could be avoided. And, and how the cats were moving, I tried to paint a picture of how the cats were moving so that you could see, to give you subtle hints that it would be possible to get through this room without having the spores infect you. Because right now, Elbrum is breathing in spores. And it's just, he's rolling really, really well to avoid getting poisoned. Well, the other two are still hanging on to a chain in the sand. Yeah, and you guys are just on the other side, like, yeah. why haven't they come back yet? Anyway, they cleaned out that room, and we came back. And at that point, we, I mean, that, that all took our three hours, and we had yeah. to stop the session. But I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed that session because I thought the role playing was fantastic. I, I, I was trying to give subtle clues about what to to pick up on what's going on with Onka and Richard and stuff like that. And I was really happy that you were picking them up, Boraki was picking them up. The other guys, I'm not really sure if they were or not. But between the two of you guys and having those conversations, I thought it was just fabulous. Yeah, I'm. This, this whole area leaves me at a state of like almost as though it's pointless. Exploring this particular set of cabins doesn't seem to be leading to anything. I, and I would be, my position would be to say, is there any point in going into a poison room? I suspect that the 
the thing that we needed to know was that the there was something sitting on the pedestal, and I suspect that it's no longer in the building. Yeah. I suspect that Elvis has left the building. We'll see. And we will see. Good time to end. Hello, good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted, and finished. It was a short one. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back in just one week.